beyond her wildest dreams. Nothing. Not even dreams. He's after us in our dreams. Dreams aren't real. And our dreams can't hurt you. They're just dreams. Sweet dream. No bad dreams about Aunt Maggie. But my dreams aren't like yours. That's why they're called dreams. Dreams are not real. She lives in my dreams. Sweet dreams, my angel. In my dreams, I love you. From my dreams. Howdy, welcome to Screen Dreams. I'm your host, Cyrus Haley, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Daniel Ferguson. How's it going, Dan? Hi there. Good to be here. I thought it was pretty, I thought it was pretty good radio voice there. That's definitely going to fall off as we continue here. <laughs> anyway, today we're talking about uh, uh, Paul Verhoeven and Ed Neumeier's 1987 banger, I would say, Robocop. Here's a clip. How can I help you, Officer Lewis? It's not really what I meant. Don't you have a name? Murphy. It's you. You really don't remember me, do you? Excuse me. I have to go. So. Robocop, Dan, hit me with it. How was watching Robocop for you today? Um, yeah, I hadn't seen it in years. Uh, I'd watched like clips on YouTube, quite like just like the odd clips. Uh, so, but yeah, like really fun film. I think that's like the first thing that has to be said, really. Um, like very, very yeah. like functional, like action film, action pack film. With like an interesting main character that you kind of want to root for, um, so yeah, like really enjoyed it. I'm more, I'm more interested in the kind of the more subtle parts of it. Mm. But you know, I think it, like I think what what's interesting and like when you're thinking about this film is like what parts is that is serving. I mean, is it does it need to be a functional actional film in order to maybe throw in the more subtle parts or is that just kind of them just having a bit of fun with with it well, as on you know into yeah well the thing the, the thing about this this film that's just like completely fucking gnarly that i don't think any i can't think of another film except for maybe starship troopers which is also verhoven is like it it it's funny it's like it, you can you can watch it just as a, as an action film, you know, like you said, it's a it's quite a banging action film mm. actually, just as a cop and and rooting for a cop, which I reckon you know maybe we'll talk about uh, in more depth later. Like I'm actually I like Murphy, I dig it, I di I dig the story even surface level, which you know is pretty impressive as is the fact that it's actually just fun. There's good action scenes. The squibs. I mean, you just those fucking squibs. Like the coke shootout, the cocaine yeah. warehouse shootout. Come on, yeah. Those fucking squibs. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Uh, the toxic waste scene is is absolutely brilliant as well. But because yeah, that that kind of comes out of absolutely nowhere and yeah. goes on. And uh, it's it's five and yeah, it's and the that best. and it's there's the so much little extra effort that goes into stuff like that in this film. Like you know. Oh, the 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 time it must have taken for the makeup just to for that little insert, you know, 
there's so much stuff like that going on. All the little enjoyable details that they're throwing in, like left, right, and center, which, you know, from a production side, must have taken like, quite a lot of time. Well, there are some real fucking good... Like, okay, opening it on news footage interspersed with a couple commercials, obviously, uh, you know, opening on news footage now has become... It's almost, it's almost uh, a red flag for mm. me. You know, if, if you have like, you have like Paramount pictures and then you hear like, you know, sea levels rising in Southern Florida <laughs> and then you hear like it fades into another newscast that like going like, and it's getting dangerous for local residents. You know, the way, and, and it just does all this expositional work in, in the voiceover of the news intro. And it's almost become a trope yeah. that like instantly I'm like, oh, this movie's going to be lazy. In superhero written. films, especially as well, because. Right, and, I, and right, exactly. I, and, yeah. and RoboCop is a superhero film. I think I think you have to kind of, I mean, it is and it isn't, but you have to. It is wedded to that genre, you know. May, I've heard that said. Yeah. I've heard that said. I gotta say, I don't. I don't feel I'm watching a superhero film when I'm watching RoboCop. But to be honest with you, what I feel like I'm watching when I'm watching RoboCop is RoboCop. So it's like mm. it's like there's nothing like Ro. It's like maybe the tone that the tone of RoboCop. That's the thing. That's just it. It it knows not to take itself seriously. Yet there are scenes in there, and and in fact you can take the film, you can read it as deeply as you like, and it can get to a point where it's like, am I, am I really just overthinking this this film? Because Paul Verhoeven appears to be taking the piss completely but then there's kind of serious shit under the surface of this movie yeah about policing about corporate you know yeah power and and self and memory and identity and yeah i mean the flashback sequence that that's one sequence that really stood out to me this time watching it was that flashback sequence where he's walking around his house mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, I think that was actually really good filmmaking, to be honest. Completely unironically. I think that was great. Yeah. That's just great. That's a yeah, great scene. Yeah. yeah, the house is already for sale and it's kind of like this, um, mm. you know, it's like this uh, sort of pro, like project, utopian project, that, you know, housing sort of uh, thing. And, they, and you've got the guy on the screen and sort of coming in. That was Exactly. Another job taken by a yeah. machine. Like literally... It would be normally a realtor, but now it's a robot and he's a ro- It's like, it's tight. It's, it's, and the T, I mean, the TJ laser flashbacks, there's, you know, okay, let's do, you, how, how do you feel about the TJ laser flashbacks? Do you dig that element uh, as much as I do? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, you know, I, I, I think what, what I'm already kind of thinking and what struck me this time when I was watching the film and I think all these things we're talking about now is we're, which we're all leading to. So I'm just going to go ahead and skip. Is what what do it? Robocop is a is a very very interesting character to follow. You don't you you're really rooting for him, and you don't especially know why, considering that he has hardly any dialogue. He has mm. so I mean that's why all that TJ stuff at the beginning is so important because that's that sets the scene for his sort of humanity that that is going to follow through to when he becomes like a machine and is sort of gradually rediscovers himself as a human being again he discovers his own humanity as as you're going as he's going along and that's kind yeah. of that's yeah. kind of why you're you, you're loving it because bit by bit he's kind of 
re-piecing himself together as a human being. And it all ends with him, you know, saying when he asks what his name is at the end, he gives his actual name mm. again. So maybe it's a maybe it's a whole symbolic symbolic of finding finding the human you know his humanity again. Well, de- yeah, kind of definitely, yeah, thing. yeah. By the way, the ending of have you seen RoboCop three? Um, no, no. Well, the, I, the end, the, I, I mean, the fucking end of RoboCop fucking three, uh, written I think co-written by Frank Miller. Just by the way, um, mm-hmm. was a guy like he RoboCop flies in on a jetpack, kills a bunch of you know criminal scum, and then like he's about to like you yeah. know walk off into the sunset, and some guy goes, "Hey, you know, RoboCop, what's your name again?" And he goes, he turns around and he says, "RoboCop." So, I mean, uh, uh, you know, way to shit on the entire point yeah. of the first <laughs> but like flatly. i know because I, I feel like that was the that was the actual that was the ed, the last line in the film wasn't it he gives his name he says murphy yeah exactly and that, exactly. And that was kind of and that was like there you go he's fa- he's he's found himself again mm. you know and obviously like during the course of the film he's like he ends up you know taking his visor off to reveal his real face mm. and by the way I mean, what a job they did with that kind of. I mean, I still don't know how they've done with that. The, with the, the face, with the face and the whole, yeah, with that that kind of makeup. Well, apparently, job, it I... kind of it kind of like t- takes away from the actual his actual fa- like the actual shape of his head is is sort of like removed there's somehow. Yeah, there's and cavities in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I have no idea how that's done. Well, it's. I, I think, think it's that a really ho- of, that really holds up. I think it's a process of building up because. It's weird. if you if you look at um, Murphy in the in the opening scenes, his face, like relative size wise, relative to his head, is actually quite big. Like he's got quite a lot. Like his face takes up quite a lot of his skull, right? But then as yeah. RoboCop, his face looks a little bit small, a little bit even I would say more natural looking because what they've done is I think they've just built up around his face so built his jaw out a little bit and built his head out a little bit more so that it can then go flush with the prosthetic but i mean it it looks Mm. like a a serious job i bet you there's i bet you uh, there's documentation about as to how long it would take to get into that and out of that thing but it's probably i would say it's like a six hour maybe even more job with that kind of makeup yeah and that and that's uh, something that you always appreciate when watching films from this era as well Mm. all that effort that goes into stuff like that and that's kind of like like half my enjoyment now maybe not half but you know even with like all the cronenberg stuff mm. and everything like that you know the practical effect side of it you know and in in scanners where the, the head just explodes and all this stuff like that yeah. it, that's we've got to that point now where that stuff has maybe more meaning than than it ever has done now because you know Obviously, that's interesting. So yeah, they don't yeah. they don't they, they don't, don't make do, films yeah, like that anymore, do, like do that. they? Yeah, it almost has it's almost more powerful than it was watching watching it like in the eighties, seeing those squibs because you're just you're like, man, those those squibs look so good. I wish squibs still looked like that. But then back in the day, you're just watching movies where squibs look like that every single time. They always look like that. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you probably you're spoilt squib wise. Yeah, and it just really is it's more striking. It's more striking, definitely. I mean, yeah. Murphy's Murphy's death, you know. I, I don't know. I, I, so you watched the theatrical cut, right? 
Uh, yeah, 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 I think so. So I think yeah, the two. Was, I don't think it was the direct. I think the two differences because I I checked the running times. The they have a a difference of running time of one minute. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure all you missed were extra shots of gore, i.e. Yeah. the the scene where Kenny gets shot in the boardroom, which I'm wondering. This is maybe a stretch here, but you know how Kenny in South Park gets killed in every episode. I, it yeah. seems like a bit of a coincidence that that guy would be called Kenny. And getting shot. I'm wondering if Matt Stone and Trey Parker are Robocop fans, possibly. I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe that's a stretch there. I just never noticed that guy's name. He was referred to as <laughs> Kenny only, which is interesting. Uh, anyway, yeah. when he gets shot on the table, it's there's like an extra five, six seconds of serious gore in the director's cut. And I think when Murphy is getting okay. shot, there's more squibs. But I, I, I mean, really, that I think that's actually it in terms of differences. There's no, you're not getting any extra scenes or anything. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's. But you still get, yeah. That that scene in the boardroom at the beginning is interesting because you kind of feel like, again, the symbolic nature of it is kind of sort of pressing down upon you in the background as well. That kind of the boardroom atmosphere and mm, the clapping, <laughs> all the, that the kind fascistic of... clapping. Yeah, yeah. Demented. Um, yeah. Yeah, but. But I think honestly, I think the 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 whole thing um, RoboCop is, you know, the interesting character, and he's put you know, he he's kind of like the the creation that is almost the machine that is like there to solve all our problems. Yeah, made to solve all our problems, but he ends up becoming too good at his job and ends up going like right to the the source of. The problem, what I find which is the the greedy evil corporation, yeah. and he and that's and he, and he, and there's a really interesting point in the film where he's kind of um, you know the cops turn on him because they've been ordered, yeah, by you know and uh, his his you know the person who sort of created him or like conceived of him is has been killed, mm -hmm. yeah, as well, yeah. and he's kind of like this rogue creation he's like this creation from then till the end of the film he's like this creation that just kind of doesn't know where he's at and the only way forward for him is to kind of discover more about his human kind of self i don't know that's that's kind of what intrigued me i think the most this kind of what watch i like yeah what i really liked about that is that he's because like you're saying he's like his humanity comes out and he's this it's like they keep referring to him as a product, right? I think they, he's he's called yeah. a product like three or four times, which I don't know about you, but made me feel somewhat like I related to that, like like I related to being like feeling like I'm treated as a product in this current corporate world, and the fact yeah, yeah. that he the, the the first sign of him. His awakening, the first sign of his humanity returning, is he has a dream, which I think mm -hmm, is pretty mm -hmm. interesting. It's like this idea of dreaming, and there's actually a few references to dreams in it. Uh, 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 not Dick Jones, but Dick Jones's boss, the 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 big boss of OCP. When he's talking about building Delta City, he says Delta City, yeah, <laughs> which is such a great, like that's such a great, like oh backdrop. Oh, we're gonna build Delta City one day. You know, it will like. Yeah. You know, old Detroit will get its glory back. Um, but he he actually yeah. Yeah, even quotes Martin Luther. You know, he goes, "I have." A, he says, "I have a dream. I have a dream 
I have a dream, or I had a dream, I think are his act- actual words. He goes, I had, I had a dream, and it's like this corporate dream. Um, and it's, in, I don't know, I just thought it was interesting that he said, I have a dream there, which, like, talking about Delta City. Like, I really think Verhoeven, like, how, how much, how anti-America is this movie? How anti, how, because I think it really, he's really hates the, the shit he's showing here. Yeah, yeah. There is, there is kind of that that treatment of like the subject matter, which is, you know, is is kind of like mocking it, Mm. you know, whilst whilst sort of depicting it in a. I think the that's kind of the go going back to tone and genre. There is a kind of a a mockery sort of going on there, but I don't know. I'm I'm still kind of caught in the middle. It's like, is it just a fun flick or? You know, I guess it's as serious as you want to take it. It 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 it's pitched at that level. Well, this is where the thing. Like, I can't where fucking you can nail it down. So you, so yeah, so you can, yeah, you can read into it on, on all these levels, and I, and that, and but everything always has a a kind of a a grain of humor sort of inserted in into it as well. Mm. So you're you're you know, it's as shallow as deep, I guess, as as you want it to be. Um, and I kind of think you know. Sometimes you, if you want to critique things, you know, in in a way, you know, making action films, violent like films, is maybe a sort of an acceptable way of approaching the subject matter. Seeing well, seeing as what the subject matter is, or you can say that it was just, you know, like just a little bit of harmless backdrop. But the, this film seems to kind of go, just make a very concerted effort, just to keep drawing you back to things. Um, and you know, yeah. like that kind of dy- dystopian, um, kind of out, you know, the out, this like classic sci-fi dystopian mm. outlook that just it keeps dragging you back and keeps putting reminding you, there, you it, of you know? the yeah exactly yeah. yeah 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 I I I I think what's yeah it's it is interesting because it's because I mean apparently the script like was offered to a bunch of directors and I apparently. Verhoeven t- originally turned it down and then his wife read it and convinced him to do it famously saying oh there's lots of cool satire you could do in it right so there's mm. so there's that reporting on it um you know there's that information out there but it, it's i feel like RoboCop has kind of obviously with the sequels sequels become something much bigger you know and and it's hard for me watching RoboCop to just kind of like it seems like such a miracle movie, but I think I'm kind of projecting a lot into it. Like it is, it is just a simple fucking action movie with a bit of tongue-in-cheek humor. But I feel like it's pitched so perfectly that that humor, I, that tone. It's like it's so. It's like how how do you that balance seems so well thought out, and it's a balance that I think Verhoeven has in also in Starship Troopers and also in. Uh, total recall but less so i would say robocop is the the uber of of those mm. three yeah maybe he's just like a craftsman in that respect where he just knows exactly where to pitch his tent to get to get hit, to have his fun out of things but also to make it you know a viable film in terms of you know marketplace mm. and audience maybe he's just that's where he's found his little you know sweet spot i guess you know where you 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 know he's just sort of 
right in the middle and people like me and you if we want to like really run with those themes you know the dystopian themes mm. the you know we, we we can do or but if you wanted to watch it as a as a you know just a simple action flick with a bit of you know that bit of all that going on in the background that's also a perfectly acceptable way of watching the film I as well i do think um, i do think the commercials do kind of they, they i think they do yeah, tip over the, the line they drive the point home where it's like hey yeah listen we are taking the piss out of this you know yeah they are quite like sick aren't they i mean like yeah. There's the one guy who's like, what what I think is like the most um, interesting detail about all the commercials is that you've got the guy with the, you know, he's got the cake and he's kind of all just like, you know, I'll buy that for a dollar. Mm. He's kind of laughing, but it's how everybody else just laughs. laughs when they, what everybody, mm. everybody who like is Sees watching that. that commercial, everyone you see, I think it happens like maybe three or four times mm. in the film and everybody who sees it, is just like laughing, yeah. you know, like yeah. sort of just up. like instinctively. Like every, everybody thinks it's like hilarious, and that's kind of the thing, isn't it? It's mm. like how everybody. It's kind of like this. Uh, it it's more how people react to it, which makes it more interesting, you know, mm. in terms of world world building, and and you know, and giving you the in, insight into that society where something like that is so normal and everyone's just like staring at it and just laughing loving at it all it. the time yeah, absolutely and, loving it yeah and the nukem the nukem ga- game is uh i think that's got to be everybody's yeah. favorite i mean like uh, you know yeah my border is conflicting with pakistan you know i mean it's <laughs> like come on come on now come on now yeah but yeah but in contrast to the actual news as well you know yeah where there's you did know, you there's, catch uh, the, the, all they, all there's... the mayor on the star wars space station they said, yeah, they said I, Star yeah, what, I what, what, that, I, yeah. That's the first time I'd, I'd actually picked up on... That's the opening sequence. They say, like, I don't know, like, one, like a politician has... Uh, there's been some sort of, like, malfunction on the Star Wars space station. And then later on... It, no, it's it's like, like a peace platform, yeah, isn't it? And then it's it like shoots a, a, so, like, a, a neutral... famous people in Santa Barbara and kills them by accident. The peace laser was doing it. Do you remember that? Yeah, like, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the same way. Yeah, it's brilliant. That's yeah. great. Yeah, but why yeah, call it Star uh, Wars? Do you think that's a little dig at the slop that know. people are eating? You I know, don't eat know. up your Star Wars, you pigs. You know, or no? It, it could <laughs> be. It could be. You know, I mean, that's eighty-seven, isn't it? It's like was mm. RoboCop, so it's very much kind of what was. I think Return of the Jedi was eighty-five, wasn't it? So just kind of coming off the back of. The original Star Wars trilogy. So I, mean, I don't know. Maybe uh, I, could, I I couldn't help but see Kirshner's, uh Irving Kirshner's did it. I don't. When I was sort of loading up the video, it, on, he, I think he had a credit somewhere. Kirshner. Kirshner. Who credit here? Irving Kirshner, who um, obviously directed Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So maybe he was a producer. I don't know. What... I don't know. Um, I'm just going to check that. Yeah, because um, maybe maybe he's maybe that's the reference because they've got like the guy who worked on Star Wars. So I don't I don't know. Maybe that's it's just kind of like a little in joke between. Could be yeah, yeah. Could between be. them because it's very Star Wars was uh, Star Wars. 
I can't I can't see a Star Wars influence on that film. So maybe it is kind of just just like a little fuck you. You know. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, maybe it is. We'll never know. We'll, we'll never know. <laughs> but it, but yeah, that's know. kind of like a I'm guessing a kind of a, a like a pe- they call it like a peace platform. It's like neutral territory, I guess. Mm. Which ends up firing on its own. So it's all yeah, it's all kind of there, mm. isn't it? It is the, there. It is it is there. I mean, it's it's it, it's it's so well done that that you can kind of just not you know you don't need to engage with that stuff. But it, there's it is there, man. It's all there, and he yeah, he hates yeah. corporate America. He hates the. Did you realize? Obviously, it's obvious because Dick Jones and Clarence Bodico. I mean, Clarence, what a fucking great character Clarence Bodica is. I yeah, he's so good in it. I love. Well, him he's just like time. the archetype. He's like the archetypal. Uh, bad guy, isn't he? Really, he kind of plays that role very well. Yeah, no, he but, yeah, really, really good. When he throws Johnny out the window or something because he burnt the money in the beginning of the van, he throws yeah. him out the van. That's fucking great. Um, but anyway, at the beginning, Dick Jones, when he's presenting Ed Two Hundred Nine, the enforcement droid, he um he says the line, "Good, good business is where you find it." And later on, when Clarence is trying to mm. do, do that Coke deal, he says that exact same line. Yeah, yeah. Which I, yeah. I thought that was a very, uh, quite a nice, uh, quite a nice little touch there. You know. Well, yeah. It's just again, it's kind of another scathing, scathing comparison, isn't mm. it? To between the two uh, business, you know, kind of business people that they are. Um, but yeah, the Delta City is, um, you know. Very like you have the banner. I love that banner with the you know with the da- with the, you have the 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 rescue scene where above you the know, rape. Yeah, you and he and he has crisis his, center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got the Delta City sort of promise. Hmm. You know, billboard promise of the you know that pr- promise of the of the you know the future. Hmm. And you've kind of got you know with, with RoboCop. It's almost essence, like the got, um go to the Mars colonies in Blade Runner. You know the, yeah, the Mars yeah, colony yeah, billboards. Yeah. Promise of a fresh start, yeah, exactly. you know. Yeah. And RoboCop is that kind of, uh, you know, machines are going to kind of fix all our problems, sort of thing. Mm. You know, if we, if we kind of dream hard enough and and invent these machines, but we've also got to, you know, retain our, our humanity. Complete, we've got to. We've also got to put our complete faith in, you know, these corporate structures enab- enabled to achieve this. You yeah, know? and, so and I think that I think directive, the film does that very well. I think I, I agree, and I think. One thing I picked up on was Directive 4. I think there's kind of an interesting thing there. Now, I, I mean, obviously, all the shit that's going on in the US right now, like mm. about the cops and that how like they're pretty much like rolling into towns with tanks and they're dressed like military. I mean, it's gnarly. Um, obviously, you know, Verhoeven in 87, there's no way he could have predicted this, but it's... um. I th- I found it interesting watching it in today's context with Directive 4 being like almost how the rule like you can't turn on on the gang, on the crew, on on the cult, on the cops. You can't turn on your own guys, you know. Like if if someone yeah. works for for OCP, you cannot arrest them. And that's the whole like kind of like there's no accountability, there's no internal affairs within the cops. Like it's you know uh, I found that quite interesting, like Directive Four almost being like that, like kind of, or maybe referencing the fact that, yeah, cops don't 
rat on each other. There's no like like internal affairs is a joke, and there's no accountability within the police force. Uh, maybe I'm reading too deeply into Directive Four there. Mm. Um, I think OC. Yeah, yeah. I think OCP is basically like what they've done is like like a private company is, um, you know, like taken over the police force. Mm. So you basically privatize the police force, and they're and they're quite interested in. Um, you know, sort of like weapons development and basically using using that as a as a tool to for you know to further sort of other other projects. Mm. Um um but you know they're the but at this but you know they're solely at the center of blame for, you know, a lot a lot of the problems um you know that uh, people are having. Um so you know I guess Directive four is also that that I guess it's if you want to look at it, you know, if you want to, you know, take a liberty and sort of look at the sort of broader political commentary that might be happening with that, then you can also kind of see like that's pointing out the uh, the glitch in this in mm-hmm. the you know in this system, if you like, that we can't our fa- you know the failure that we seem to have in our society to hold you know, big corporations to, you know, accountability. Yeah. To for, any for the, kind for of the accountability problem, For the problem, for the, the havoc they're for causing. destroying us, the world, like, yeah. Our world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, maybe that, may, I, I, I tend to think more like in that way as well. So, mm. but, you know. Um, Police accountability, corporate the, accountability. I mean, yeah, I'd like a bit of both. Um, I'd like more yeah, of both exactly. in my world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, um I mean pretty good stuff for a little fucking a movie where a dude, you know, flips his gun because his son likes TJ Laser. It's like like there's all these little things you go deep in and really yeah. really flesh out and I like it. I really yeah, I really like that shit. Maybe he maybe he knows that, you know you know, 'cause Robocop, you know, obviously I d I mean I don't know how successful it was at the time of its release, but I'm guessing it. it was pretty well received. Um, and it's still, you know, pretty, I mean, it's, you know, it's not faded away at all. You know, people, I mean, it was yeah. made before I was born, for example. Mm. And like, you're loving it. I was, I was watching it when I was, you know, like in my young, well, I remember watching it in my younger years, you know, things like that. So, you know, it's mm. maybe he's maybe he's smart and just like he's definitely smart. It, maybe, you know, like make a film that actually gets seen. I mean, it cost 13 and, million and, 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 and I, made and 53 can... million. 13 million into 53. That's fucking great for 87, mate. Come on now. Yeah, okay, but he's also but he's also made a film that gets seen as well, mm. you know. There's you know, if you want to write, you know, there's there's something to be said about accessibility and putting huge, you know, well, yeah, huge. and and where you, and where you you know if you, so if you do want to uh, you know maybe plant a few se- seeds of dissent or <laughs> even just make or even just make some you know uh, oh that's the episode title right light- there seeds of dissent <laughs> <laughs> or even yeah or even just like you know have just go on you know your own little political rant political commentary mm. or just ha- you know and have fun with it all. Um, you know, make a film that's gonna get seen rather than yeah. Well, he's definitely having a fucking serious one. He's having a lot of fun with it. I mean, for sure. And that's I think that's what I I that's what I'm most impressed about. Actually, you've touched on it right there. Is 
the the fact that it's so accessible. I mean, it's called Robocop. It almost it almost shoots itself in the foot calling itself Robocop because Robocop is the. I mean, it's it's a ridiculous name, you know. It's literally Robocop. Yeah. It's the best name for it, but it is Robocop. Yeah. You get like my mum is. There's no way my mum is going to watch a film called Robocop. I don't know about your mum, but like mm. you know, Robocop, man. I mean that like it, it's it's kind of like it's crude. It's a good title. Look. I know, but it's kind of like this is what you're getting, and it kind of <laughs> it's a good title. It's because it's, it's, yeah. it, it's kind of does what it says on the tin sort of thing. It's not, you know. It's gonna find its audience with a title like that, you know. It's just gonna, it's just gonna deliver on on exactly what it's what it's saying. Robocop. What else could you, you call Robocop? If you see what I mean, you know what I mean. What else could you call that film? It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a very silly idea to begin with, you know. Well, um, yeah, I, but and, do you not see but, it but maybe they, being real down the line? Well, they did a remake, didn't they? They made a. Well, they fu- made yeah, a let's, I mean, it. fuck the remake. Like, you know, I know, I, like just the one scene I know about the remake is where he go. He's looking in the mirror with Gary Oldman, and he goes, "I don't want to see myself like this again." And if you've seen <laughs> it, you'll you'll know you'll know the scene. I know. Um, I, have, I haven't watched the new one. Um, don't bother. It looks a lot more serious. It, yeah, it me. sucks you all the joy, mean? all of the joy. And yeah, whimsy out of it, it looks a lot more serious, and you know they've probably you know like made RoboCop into this much more kind of more effective crime crime. It's a lot of it is to do with the technology at the time and what it sort mm-hmm. of permits you to do, isn't it? And RoboCop, you know, came out just at that time where like such a silly idea as that could be made viable by the tools in which they had at their disposable, uh, at their disposal. Yeah, I'm, like, yeah. you know, what we were saying about the, um, you know the the you know the makeup mm. and you know the Practical you know effects, had the, yeah. the, the the yeah and all of that so uh it's it's executed in just it's executed in just well enough a way to make it fly mm. and 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 that's kind of what makes it a really quite special film because it, it it very much is you know belongs to us a, a place and time which would only allow that kind of film to exist and it's gone yeah. and yeah, and I think the remake proves that, you know, because wasn't the oh, idea yeah, the as such trash, which yeah. made it so good. It was the way it was done. Yeah, that's what we've been saying. Yeah, it's it's this fucking tactful tone. It's like, yeah, tongue in cheek, just enough, but not so much that you're like, not so much that, because so much shit nowadays is like scared to be sincere and is so cynical and, you know, and it's just, it's like, I, I, I dig, I dig that flashback scene where he's not scared to put some sad music and have his wife say, I love you, Murphy. You know, like I'm, yeah, I, just lay it on, and lay lay it on, on me, mate. Bit, I'm yeah. down. Like I'm down with taking that little bit seriously. And then, you know, you know, and then fucking with me later. It's like, I, I think it's just, it's done just right. The, the amount but of you don't know. irony. Yeah. But he's kind of like having robot dreams as well. Isn't he? <laughs> so he's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. Androids dream of electric TJ laser. Yeah. Yeah, so you kind of there's yeah, there's always something in that film where you it always has that little spin on it. So even though it's ridiculous, you can be like, well, though it's like so that's just another example of that. So but yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick on TJ Laser here because I I think it can segue into this point that I do kind of want to at least touch on. I mean, I, it's not like I'm the origin of this point. I I think I watched a video essay or maybe read an article or something about this, but. 
I think it's really fascinating and really interesting. So, but one thing I did notice watching this was the TJ Laser show, the way Murphy's son watches this show with this laser cop, and he's like, admires this policeman on this television show, this representation of a, of a cop, mm-hmm. and wants his real life cop dad to be like that. Hey, dad, twirl your pistol once you've shot the bad guys, you know? Um, and he's like, yeah, I will embody the, those traits, you know, that archetype, that TV cop for you. I will, I will twirl my gun for you, you know, and I'll try. And then taking that one step further for like kids watching Robocop, right? So like that, like yeah, Murphy's son kind of watching mi- mirroring, TJ Laser yeah. is, is the most meta shit in the world because and especially given what happened after robocop with robocop 2 and then robocop 3 where and then the robocop cartoon where robocop was i mean literally made into a cartoon it's not even i don't it doesn't even need to be a metaphor he literally was made into a a fucking children's cartoon to sell cereal to kids Mm. Uh, yeah it's 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 kind of fucked up how and all of this is apparently because some laws were changed uh, about how much you could advertise. Like Reagan changed a bunch of laws about child- children advertising. And I think this interesting thing happened where a lot of franchises that were not designed for children ended up, they were like, okay, like all these studios were like, okay, what properties do we have? Because apparent, because like, holy shit, look at the money that that motherfucker Lucas is making. With all those goddamn mm. toys and those cereals and the and it's still going with the Baby Yoda shit. So it's like, you know, and these other studios were like, okay, we got to kidify some of our franchises. Bring in shit like the Rambo cartoon. Yeah, you know, Rambo's like a movie about a like a, 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 a troubled, broken Vietnam vet who's like fucking mm. dealing with his PTSD. It's not a kids' movie. Like Rambo is not a kids' movie in any sense of the fucking word. Same with Ghostbusters. It's definitely geared for teens, if not adults, yeah. and they make it into a cartoon. Ghostbusters Two is way more I mean, cartoony. I, I also remember when they would, you know, the off the back of the Jim Carrey films as well, like Ace Ventura. They started to do a lot of cartoons and things like that relating to that, and they're not kids' films either, even though like kids probably watch. Kids them do, yeah. I mean, but nowadays I think the the bar has been lowered so far that it's like Ace Ventura is pretty tame by today's standards. But yeah, back yeah, when Ace maybe. Ventura came out, they were like teen. You know, if you were watching Ace Ventura and you were like twelve, you're like, "Whoa, I'm getting away. like this is awesome." You know? Um, yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. At the time, or at least I, I don't that think was my experience. Were... I, I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it's interesting how RoboCop ends up being a product sold to children in real life. Verhoeven. It surely must be loving that. I mean, it's just proving self, his self, yeah, like a self fulfilling prophecy. It's yeah, like it's self fulfilling prophecy. It's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> it's it, that that right there is is kind of mind blowingly like it's so tight that that actually happened in real life. There was they but they, they, they had a RoboCop cartoon, you know, the amount yeah. like they and did I think, it. You know, I think I think you know going going back to what I said earlier about the you know. The suit, the superhero genre elements mm. can't, you know, they can't be denied. You know, I mean, like, you know, he's a, you know, he has super abilities. Mm. Bending the barrel of the gun is a reference to um, Superman comic, I think, when he bends the yeah, barrel of the gun. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, and he's in, you know, he's in these situations like these, you know, where he's like averting crisis aversion, you know, where he's like he's going, yeah. he's stepping in and saving the day, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? That when he, when he does his like first outing in the car. So fucking good. You know what I mean? I mean, he's got a, a theme tune any su- superhero would be proud of as well. You dirty bastard. Let's, get, yeah, let's talk about the soundtrack. Great, theme tune. Yeah. great soundtrack altogether. You're right. I mean... Well, <laughs> you know what's what's interesting about it, which I don't even know you could say. I mean, I, if you bought the soundtrack, it probably wouldn't feature an awful lot. Maybe, maybe it would. I'm not sure. But when he sort of enters a room... You have like this like yeah, synth yeah, drone yeah. that just comes on like that's just to like imply a sense like a presence, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I actually really liked that. I mean that it's subtle, but you know, it's clever. I'd like to steal that for some of my work. That 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 Robocop drone fucking synth hit. It's like it like stretches almost. It's a great Well sound. no, it's like when he walks into the room, it's kind of like this low hum that comes on like this oh, slow oh right zzz, yeah it's um so you, you wouldn't even it's very very background oh i was thinking kind of like... i was thinking of in in the in the scene where that he goes you know here's your fucking safe you know the where he's robbing the, the convenience store um when he when the convenience store doors open there's like mm. a synth hit there that's like machine it almost sounds like something out of tits with the iron man like it's like a machine uh, synth when the doors are... hit when the doors yeah, open. But see, uh, yeah, I didn't notice yeah. this hum you're talking about. Oh, see, yeah, it's definitely there. It's mm. kind of like it's kind of you know, it's like a, it's basically like a drone made by like a synth, right? And it's kind of there, and you, and it kind of you know, you got the clanging of the, you know, the legs going, and it's, it's like when he enters the, especially early on. I mean, I didn't notice it after that. Um, but when he enters early on, yeah, it's added sort of into the background, which I thought was really clever. I think as the well, the, the reveal of Robocop Subtle, but... is such a fantastic sequence. Like it's a good ten minutes where Murphy dies, he's being resuscitated. Oh, They're like, good. let's call it, fuck it, he's done. And and instead of what I found interesting was because I, really... I was so impressed by that how the gap the gap between him dying and, and then, then coming up, reawakening yeah, that's ballsy, as this. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Really good filmmaking. That's where that's where it's just like film, it, it, you know, shines. Like that could not be done in any other medium. It's perfect little film scene. You know, it goes black for a moment, comes up. But yeah. what I found interesting was because I've always I've always loved that scene. And so watching it this time, I was like, okay, pay attention to what shot they choose to fade to black on. Because I assumed that what they would do would be... Because they keep showing his eyes, you know, that real close-up of his bloody eyes while he's got getting the gas mask on him and he's like, you know, they're trying to resuscitate him. Yeah, I assumed, and he's having the flashbacks. Exactly. I assumed they would show him, like, the doctors going, all right, let's call it, you know, from a POV shot and then fade that to black. But they didn't. They actually faded to black the shot of Clarence Boddicker shooting him in the head instead. And, mm. I like, that's... I know it's a subtle little detail, but that's a real nice choice, I found, to... to to, just to hammer home that that Clarence Boddick shooting him in the head is the last thing he thought of, and it's like maybe the residual memory stuck in the circuitry. You know, it's like that that memory stayed, and yeah. he thinks of the TJ laser, and that memory stays. Or it's like, you know, when they yeah. say you see your life before you die, it's like the little flashes that he saw was all he had left to then rebuild yeah. the rest, you know? Yeah, and that's, that's all told yeah. visually. And he, and he actually says in the film he doesn't remember things, but he... Because he asks about Murphy's wife and kids, and he and he says, "I don't remember them, but I feel them." Mm. 
and maybe is getting maybe there's sort of an essence there of what you know his human parts actually are they're not actually living memories but they're just sort of feelings that have stayed with him mm. you know which is kind of interesting to kind of distinguish the two yeah. um and that and and it was these feelings that was enough for him to kind of like drive you know his kind of uh you know kind of like rebellion arc, where he yeah, kind of just leave, leaves leaves the leaves the police station yeah um kind of just going off feelings how that how his humanity kind of like traces of humanity kind of linger and follow through and is then sort of pieced together and rediscovered i think just makes him a good character yeah uh, that's the even it's though like, he, we keep even saying though he hardly it, says like, anything it's so good it's so good yeah. like it's just like you're like yeah this is great this is great and the moment you... and there is a sense of development yeah, there, there as is. well you yeah, know like because yeah. the film still needs uh you know in order to work in in the, in the an simple need, way yeah, that it needs does. to yeah exactly it needs yeah. to be let's let's okay let's quickly talk about um first of all let's talk about the twin peaks cameos i mean it's great to have ray wise um <laughs> you know i mean like when, when such a scary face when, if you need a man with a scary face when he goes when when <laughs> just get ray wise when the guy the, very scary when the, the 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 slime ball guy goes to hug yeah. him and he's like don't touch me man <laughs> it's yeah uh, it's great that's great stuff um and, all great deaths as well yeah in that in that last yeah sequence. he's like everybody the, had Clarence Bodica hitting basically. that little hitting the toxic waste and he just turns into a fucking jam like just yeah. goo oh uh, when he hits the car yeah. yeah he's already kind of yeah, yeah he's, he's like <laughs> he's just a mush <laughs> Yeah, and just all I I mean I appreciate that at the effort gone into that, you know, like I I mean that must have taken them ages, you know, I've, as we said earlier, mm. you know, these these are the things that I enjoy most about films from this time now, mm. you know, all that extra pra- effort gone into the practical effects. Uh but Ray Ray Wise's character had a pretty good death as well. <laughs> Try, what, just gets like Ray, yeah he, oh, he, oh he, he thinks just gets he's blown like, up yeah he's like i did it for yeah, your clarence yeah that's yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he th- yeah he's just like thinks he's won basically and then just all of a sudden just goes boom you know yeah, yeah. you know kind of uh you know a little bit like uh uncut gems you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah he I just guess. think he just thinks he's like you know all 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 his problems like he's he's won basic he's won at life yeah and then you know then just gets a bullet Shot in the straight, brain. Yeah. straight yeah. afterwards <laughs> yeah the do you have a favorite scene because i mean i would say look i think the standard scene to go for is your move creep and it's the you know shooting the dick um and it, it, i don't know if you've seen the robocop the r robocop remake where a bunch of like amateur filmmakers remade robocop and then the dicks shooting scene is like an extended 10 minutes of just yeah, practical dicks yeah being you showed bo- me okay, that right. if you actually you did actually show me that brilliant um, so so that, yeah that, you know that's I, obviously I, yeah, the best. not a fan to be honest <laughs> really you don't like that <laughs> too much no, I, I mean the dick shooting too no, much for you well yeah i mean <laughs> and i and i just really like the original scene as well i mean i think you don't. You that think has, you don't like I it think taking that the is piss. Like, what you don't like that, that that you feel like they're maybe taking the piss. No, it's not that. It just I don't know. I just you know. I, I I'm I'm indifferent, or maybe I should say I'm more indifferent. Fair I enough. Think, I've never shown just, the dick shooting remake Robocop scene to anyone and had their reaction be indifferent. And I love that that's your reaction to it. You're like, nah, I'm not into it. It's like, what? That's five minutes of practical (laughs) close-ups, slow-mo close-ups of cocks 
being blown up. I know, and I'm just and talking, you're just like yeah, I've I'm just not been into talking it. about how I yeah. love practical. Yeah, exactly. But you're just like, nah, like man. That. I need I need motivation. I need humanity motivating these effects. I need. They can't just be cocks <laughs> being maybe blown up. Maybe that's it. Yeah. You know? No, it's all there to serve a storytelling purpose, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and if it's and just, once it gets, it's all just storytelling tools. Yeah. And if if your story is just once it just devolves to dick shooting, yeah, blown yeah. Up, yeah. and then. <laughs> Then you know what have you got really? Yeah, no. I mean, it's obviously it's funny. Dick, yeah. Like it's supposed to be funny, but I, I just, you know, fun. Fun. If it's funny, I, I'll, I'll laugh at it, and I won't be able to help laughing. And I just nothing. I was just drawing a blank to that to that one. But uh, Fair. you Fair. know, it's nice that like it's got like a fan base behind it, like a loving fan base. I think it is one of those ones. It's like it's become kind of like a cult kind of Definitely. thing where you've got fans making like fan films mm. like robocop fan made pictures and stuff like that mm. haven't they yeah well i mean yeah that, that's why we're doing a podcast on it in 2020 it's like it's so it's yeah it's a legendary classic cult film it, yeah it's really it's loved it's beloved and i think rightly so for god's sake um i was thinking though do you root for al i'm just going to call him albert um the twi the other Twin Peaks, not Albert. Ray Wise. Um, but do you root for Albert? Because obviously Albert, like let's be, you know, Albert's a piece of shit. Like he's trash. But Dick Jones is such trash that it's like at least in that little corporate subplot, I find myself also because Albert essentially is the creator of RoboCop, so he's responsible for me in a way for me watching RoboCop and enjoying RoboCop. You know, because he made he makes the RoboCop character character in within the film he's the character that you yeah. know green lights the I robocop he, program he kind of he kind of has stewardship over robocop and you kind of feel like he is very much like on whilst this you know whilst this guy is around um you know robo robocop is very much kind of a, a product you know as he saying you know he's referred to many times in the film you know he is like the owner of robocop and and it's a really interesting development in robocop's character when this guy is no longer in the picture he's kind of like a dog without a leash sort of thing and he's just kind of free to go in his own direction uh-huh um, yeah well he's a free agent which, at that point yeah yeah he's like yeah and then and then and then like the police force who he's supposed to, like his other sort of fraternity if you like turn that back they kind of all turn on him and i think that's just a great point in the movie where he's like this half man half machine creation shunned d sh yeah like doesn't you know the people who've created him have been like destroyed by other rival corporation mm. <laughs> cronies yeah uh like the police force either you know have, you know are under their orders have like turned against him and firing at him you know was you know obviously was never going to fully belong there anyway and he's yeah. kind of just like showering these bullets just showering him he's just like sort of <laughs> writhing around yeah um and there's i don't know there was something quite i don't know just something hit me quite hard about that the, the, you know this time around i mean i, I don't know no it was, I, I agree That's you know and, and, and he's kind of like half man half machine trying to find his humanity and i don't know there's just something very very striking about that this time around you know yeah yeah i liked it when he was sitting in the steel mill and and um uh, his partner, what's his partner called again? God, it's like it's like a Lewis, I think. Yeah, she's yeah, she's called Lewis. Lewis, that's yeah. it. Yeah, Lewis, um, that's right. Yeah. When when Lewis um comes in and he's like, you got a gun, and he's all like fucking like 
you know, got like bulleted out. And uh, he really, that moment, that line, did you get a gun? I think he says to her, as she comes back to the steel mill, the very place where he was, you know, where his metamorphosis began. Um, yeah. I like, yeah, I agree. That hit hard, harder for me, that moment as well, where it's like, God, he's, I mean, if it wasn't for Lewis, he's, he's on his own. I mean, yeah. and I think Lewis is really good in it. The way, the way she just, Great supporting she, character, she's, yeah. she's brilliant in it. Like she's just casually like, uh, Murphy, it's you. And that's, yeah, she refuses to see the machine. Mm. She, she refuses to, to not acknowledge him as a human being basically. And that's the kind of the inseparable bond that they have and that, and she ends up saving him, doesn't she? So, mm. cause she can't, maybe she feels partly responsible for why he's like that. So they have that bond there. Oh yeah. I guess. She, yeah. I hadn't even thought about Yeah. There would be some, you would feel somewhat guilty. Cause it's like, you know, you got the, you, Oh, okay. Let's talk about her checking out the dick, the black dick. I think that I, I honestly think that warrants talking about. So, okay. <laughs> so, so because I don't know, it struck me this time. It's like, like basically, you know, her intro scene is her whooping the shit out of some dude, right? And then she takes off her helmet, and I guess that's like a reveal, like, oh, like this is a woman kicking a dude's ass. But it doesn't. Verhoeven's always been really good at not having that be like in your face, like the co-ed shower scenes of uh, of uh, uh, Starship Troopers come to mind. But there's a lot of like. Female characters, he's just like, look, they're they're gonna be strong, and we're not gonna fuck like fucking make a big deal about it. Okay, they're just gonna be good characters. Like I'm making a good movie here. I'm not gonna, you know, go have everyone go, hey, Lewis, you're pretty tough for someone with a clam. You know, that, that none of that. She's just tough, yeah. and we don't need to fucking reference it. However, however, a huge you however, think- there is a one, her one moment of weakness. The one moment where someone gets the drop on her is she has to look at some cock. Comments, damn. Thoughts. Uh, uh, (laughs) How do you feel about it? Look, I'm stating facts here. I'm not saying we need to read into it. Maybe it's just one of those, oh, it's a funny little moment. Look, to be honest with you, I think it's a strange choice. It could work with a a man. It could work with a man. That's the one thing that kind of makes my theory. I don't have a theory. But the kind of works on Paul Verhoeven's side is that even if that was Murphy and he's like, man, if I put this away and Murphy would look down at his cock, that would still work. I mean, it would still work if it was a man. So I guess maybe I am reading deeply into that. But I did just I did I think don't... her looking at a cock being her one moment of error was worth noting here on Screen Dreams. Well, <laughs> it's a strange choice. Like, yeah. And uh you know, it is, uh, you know, because it's it is very much set up to be like that, isn't it? I mean, because um, he, you know, as she kind of approaches him, he's sort of going, you know, for a piss or whatever. Mm. So it's all, you know. So I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a funny one. Uh, it is just a weird thing I picked up on this time. Um, I'm not saying, yeah, I've not much else to say on it. Just noticed it. Yeah. Worth a mention, I think. Worth a mention. Um, yeah, it definitely is kind of one of the more stranger choices. But in again, like in, it's kind of one of those films where it's just it's just it's pulling a lot of shapes, and you know it's just <laughs> yes, doing definitely. it's just doing it all with sort of a pinch of salt. And it's kind of, yeah, you you 
So you did you root? You... Did you root for Albert? Let's just take it. Let's just let's just take it there. Did you find yourself going like when Albert was getting his legs shot by Bodica? Were you can't? Were you a little bit like no? Or when were you like yeah? Fuck off, you cunt. I was rooting for him slightly, but I don't Same. know if that was my. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's because I like the actor, um, or if no, or, the well, ca- or the character. Maybe. You know, I'm kind of getting I, a bit. Well, if you like the character, mixed. then you like the character. That's you know, I mean, that's all you need. I like this. I mean, the scene where he's like, you know, Dick, I think it's because I like Jones the actor. Old news, you know, Dick Jones is old news. You know, we're the young kids. You know, and then Dick Jones comes out, and he doesn't wash his hands, and he runs his hand. He's just taking a shit because you can see in the insert from under the the stall that he's sat on that toilet. He's not standing. He's not. I mean, he's in a stall for fuck's sake. So he's shitting. That's fact. And Dick comes out, doesn't wash his hands, and runs his fingers through Albert Rosenfield's hair. So there's that. I guess I had him as a character, there are there are there are things to like there. You know, he's not he isn't totally despicable, you know. He is there are he is kind of like young, plucky, um Yeah. He's he's got a comic timing as well, which is helping the film, like you know, beat for beat, he's he's dropping punchlines. You know what I mean? Like he goes, um, "There's a new guy in town." Like, you know what I mean? Which is just like, so there's 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 a yeah. lot there's there is stuff to like about that character. You know, uh, that has built up to that point before his death. Um, that is just more less about the actual character, but more of just I think how the how it's been acted. You know, and that's what I mean. I think I like the actor more than the character. Fair. Fair enough. I think one thing that made me kind of hate him was when he said, uh, when that when his partner goes, um, "Shame about Kenny," and he goes, "Well, that's life in the big city for you," or something like that. And it's like, yeah. dude, he just got. I mean, he's probably got a wife and kids, mate. He just got fucking shot. Sh- I mean, shot to shit. Yeah, maybe like, well, that, yeah, that's life in the big city, mate. You know, it's like, maybe it's only fair then that he kind of, you know, the same suffers thing a similar so, fate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those leg, I mean, those leg shots. Also, the sound of Clarence Bodica's silencer in that scene—it's just like a, like a, like a, and it's great. His legs just get, just getting torn up. It's fucking good, really yeah. good. And the most outrageous death possible is obviously just like, like you know, instead just letting him, just like scrape around for this yeah, grenade yeah, for that nade, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, just why not? <laughs> like just. Yeah, let's just blow up the. I mean, there's so many kind of yeah. Again, like when they're just trying out these guns, these oh, and they're just blowing up all this stuff. It's it? like yeah. you know, the effort that to, to go into such a minor part of the plot is surprising. Yeah, yeah. It's like that scene doesn't really need to be there. That scene serves as an origin story for the explosive rifles. Is what that scene is, and also as a maybe a dick measuring contest. With the guy who pulled out his dick earlier, actually, ironically, um, between Clarence, where he shoots the car. Um, yeah, but they he, could, you know, yeah, but they could have just left it at that. But instead, they don't they need just that. Yeah, yeah, they start blowing up corner shots yeah. with these, with these <laughs> yeah. guns, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, they start blowing up corner shots. I mean, those those explosions look so phenomenal, and that leads me back to where I wanted to go with. I think my favorite self-contained scene is the gas station scene. Where he's like, "What are you a fucking noid, you little bookworm?" You know, and he's like, "You know, oh yeah." The fact that he was getting a college education like yeah. seemed to really get, get to him, him didn't deeply. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, him, what yeah. you think you're fucking smart? You're, you know, you're college." I don't know why I'm doing a Boston, but he's like, "What you're college boy, huh?" You know, and yeah. um, 
So that kind yeah. of gives nice subtle reading into the characters, you know, yeah, like exactly. on what, you know. What well, maybe... anti-intellectualism of, of, you know, punk. Yeah, but punk maybe the, maybe him as a character feels like he was deprived of those kind of opportunities. So that's what, like, yep. you know, yep. that's why, and that's why he's ended up the way he has. And that's why that kind of really gets to him. When this all by, all like by just learning... giving a guy a little book for ge- geography, you know, or geometry or what? Plain geometry, ge- I think it was. Plain geometry, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. That's what I'm saying. Like how it comes across so effortless. Like you're, yeah, that you could imply a whole backstory there. You're right, and that's not even far fetched to say that he's so offended by that guy reading that fucking geometry book because yeah, he wasn't afforded the same opportunity. Whatever, you know, he feels um emasculated almost or, or at least challenged in front of that guy yeah yeah so there's so many like things like that that are sprinkled throughout this film where you you kind of you can read into things as as much or as little as you want and it's kind of uh you know it's how however whatever way you're inclined to do so you know mm-hmm. um you know we, you can have kind of like these in-depth of you know chats like like what sort of we're doing now or you, or you can watch it as a plain action film. I think that is plain geometry. That, that, that is, you know, that is what probably the greatest asset of this film. I would say, mm, the I fact agree. that it, uh, they can, you know, it's he's pitched his tent. Uh, yeah, he's rocking two hats, and he looks good. He looks good in them. It, it is as shallow, as deep as as you want it to be. And if you yeah. want to go in further, there's stuff there. You know, there's plenty of stuff there. Plenty of really good stuff that's only, to be honest with you, only getting more prescient, I feel, as, you know, the you know, we're living through the end of, end, I mean, end times, like end of current times. Like we're moved with the human machine symbiosis is, I mean, well underway. Um, and it's so it's more. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun to watch Robocop still. And I am don't think it will ever not be fun for me to watch Robocop. Um, yeah, for the rest of my it life, is, it is really say. fun, and that, and maybe therein lies why you know maybe that's the uh, the spoonful of sugar, you know, mm. as that helps take, the ideology as, go down. But um, but uh, you yeah, know, uh, it's it's a cult classic for a good reason overall. Is what I would say. Absolutely, I'd say that's a perfect place to wrap up. I mean, do you have anything else you want to touch on that no, maybe? You... I mean. Uh, I think we covered. I think we covered quite a lot there. <laughs> I agree. I think we didn't do too badly, did we? All right, folks. Thanks for listening to Screen Dreams. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Next week we will be covering Andrei Tarkovsky's 1966 film, Andrei Rublev. Take her easy. <laughs>